You've asked it. I know you've asked it. It might have been when you were just starting out in photography. It might have been last week. But at some point, you asked, Hey, which lens should I buy next? Well, today I answer that question and introduce you to the Comprehensive Guide to Canon Lenses. We're talking lenses on this episode of EOS Photographer Podcast. Hi there, Canon friends. Welcome to the EOS Photographer Podcast. If you are learning photography using your Canon gear, you're in the right place. Here, we speak with great photographers and extract practical lessons for you. From Rebels to 5Ds, the gear you own is the gear we'll feature. Now, here's your host, Linford Morton. Hi there. Welcome again to the EOS Photographer Podcast, episode 107. And we have a treat in store for you. Now, I don't have the stats to back this up. It's not scientific, so don't hold me to that. But I'm willing to guess or willing to even bet that we answer one of the most asked questions by new photographers. I I think most asked by seasoned photographers as well. And it's, which lens should I buy next? Now, this is an important question because when you buy a new camera, you get a very basic lens. And now you have to decide where you go from there. Changing your lens is one of the simple decisions that can have a dramatic impact on your images and your photography. In Canon, we used to say, change your lens, change your story. Because, again, Once you change that lens, you're telling a very different story from the scene in front of you. So knowing that, which lens you buy next takes on an even greater significance. Now, this podcast episode should be helpful for you if you want to better understand Canon lenses and if you'd like specific recommendations for your next lens. I also have a video screencast version of this episode with downloadable slides. And this resource is available for you and it's free. You can find it at the show notes for episode 107 at eosphotographer.com. Now, in both versions, this version and the video version, I'm going to go through an overview of Canon lenses, which you need to know to make an intelligent decision. And then I'll also make some specific recommendations for you at the end. So with that said, we've got a lot of stuff to cover here. Let's get to work. I just finished a good book yesterday, but I don't read. I I mean, I listened to it on audible.com. The book is Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. And if you're building a website for your business, or if you are communicating anything about your work or your art or your business, this is a really great book to help teach you to communicate clearly and simply. Now, the reason I bring this up is because since you listen to podcasts, you might like audible.com as a way to consume books. I love it because I I have more airtime than iTime, and I find that it's easier for me 
to do my own personal professional development if I can listen to books. I tell you this because today's podcast is brought to you by Audible, where you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash EOS Photographer. Now, they have more than 180,000 titles to choose from. You can listen on your phone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Now, for you in the EOS Photographer family, Audible is offering a free download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. All right? So remember, go to audibletrial.com forward slash EOS Photographer to start your Audible trial now. You've asked it. I know you've asked it. It might have been when you were just starting photography. It might have been last week. But at some point you asked, which lens should I buy next? Well, today I answer that question and introduce you to the ultimate guide to Canon lenses. When you bought your first camera, chances are it came with what's called a kit lens. A kit lens is a starter lens that usually ships with every entry-level camera. Now, on the Canon brand, it usually comes with the Rebels. If you get, if you bought a T6i or T7i, T and or a T6 or T7, one of those cameras, chances are it might have come with a kit lens. Even when you buy a a full frame or or a camera a little further up, it might come with another version of what's called a kit lens. A kit lens is great to get you started, but you soon start to feel limited. As a matter of fact, as you're looking around and everyone is showing up with their camera bags and they're zipping them open and you're seeing half a dozen or more lenses in other bags, you might start to wonder, with all these options, you know, shouldn't I be moving to something else? Like, like, what are they getting out of all these lenses? And so you find yourself asking, which lens should I buy next? Now, in order to answer that question, we have to just take a step back and talk about lenses to make sure you understand some basic things about lenses. So first, let's just talk about how photographers discuss lenses. This is across the industry. When you're talking about lenses, there's some things you ought to know. And when we talk, when we describe most lenses, we usually use two sets of numbers to identify the lenses. Regardless of what manufacturer or what kind of lens you buy, most lenses are identified by two sets of numbers. I like to think of them as distance versus speed. That's not official. That's just a Linfordism. Distance versus speed. And the reason I say that is because that's what we get from these lenses, distance versus speed. Let me tell you what I mean by that. When I say distance, I mean focal length. Now, when you look on the barrel of your lens, you will see a number with mm behind it, like 18 to 135 millimeters, or as I said with your kit lens, 18 to 55 millimeters, or any other range of numbers. Now, this number refers to your focal length, and your focal length describes the field of view and the distance that you can bring your subject in closer to you. Let me let me explain what that means. So when I'm taking a 
a lens with a larger number focal length, let's say, let's go with the 200 millimeters, what I can do with that that I can't do with one with a shorter number, with a smaller number, let's say 35 millimeters. So with 200, something that's far away from me, it allows me to make it look like it's much closer. So a subject that's far away can now fill the frame of my camera. The other thing it does is limits the range of side to side that you can see, almost like what you would think of as a peripheral vision. So with a lower number, 35, let's go with that again, you can see left to right much further, but your, and your subject looks like it's farther away from you. So that's what you get with your focal length. It will allow you to see a wider field of view left to right, or it will let you show a narrower field of view left to right, but it'll also bring your subject in closer to you. So you have that option. So I call it distance because as the numbers increase, you can bring subjects that are further away from you in closer to fill the frame of your camera. All right. So this is your focal length. You can sh It changes your field of view so you can see a wider area or a narrower area while bringing your subject in closer to you. So that's your focal length, what I called distance. So I said it's either distance or speed. And for speed, this is aperture. So this is how wide the shutter opens when it opens and closes. And if you're familiar familiar already with aperture, you know that number is usually represented with an F in front of it. F stop, F3.5, F5.6, F8, F11, F16, and the number can go up. Now, in any lens, there is a range and of 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 f stops that that lens can can actually produce. So at one end, there's the smallest. Sometimes it's like f twenty two or f thirty two, and at the other end, there's the maximum or the widest aperture, and that can be three point five or f two point eight. And so when we talk about lenses, the number we we usually refer to is the maximum aperture. What's the widest that aperture will open? So if your lens, the widest it opens is f3.5 and your focal length is a zoom from 18 to 55 millimeters, that's the way we would describe your lens. It's an 18 to 55 f3.5 lens. And so these are the the two things that you probably most want to know about a lens when you pick it up. What's my focal length and what's my maximum aperture? And with those two things, almost all photographers will describe lenses. Now, knowing all of this, you might ask, okay, what a kit lens is good for? Because they sell them, so they must be good for something, right? Well, kit lenses work best when there's lots of light and you can get close to your subject. So again, 18 to 55 millimeters, 3.5 to 5.6. So at 18 to 55 millimeters, you're going to need to get, you're going to need to physically get closer to your subject if you want to fill the frame with it. And knowing that your maximum aperture is 3.5 and in some cases 5.6, you want to be somewhere where there's lots of light because 
your aperture isn't going to open wide enough to let a lot of light in. Now, let me just say that I'm making some assumptions here that you understand some basics in the exposure triangle. And if you don't, we're going to need to go back and do a class on the exposure triangle. I can't get into that here because there's so much we need to get through with lenses. I'm going to make the assumption that you understand some basics about the exposure triangle. So when I say that, when you need to have a lot of light to be able to, um, because you can't open your aperture very wide, I'm hoping you understand what that part means, all right? If not, let's do some work in another lesson on the exposure triangle. Okay, so let's keep going. Kit lenses work best when there's lots of light and you can get close to your subject. And I guess the opposite of that would be kit lenses struggle when there's low light and low light with action. So if you are somewhere indoors and people are moving, it might be tough to get a good image from your kit lens. Or if you are far away from your subject, as we talked about before, then that might also be a tough situation for your kit lens. So knowing that, and in, in if you, again, if you are now outside of these ideal situations, you know, get being able to have lots of light and get close to your subject, now you're running into issues where you're saying to yourself, I need to get a new lens or a different lens. But how do you determine what that next lens should be? Well, We've talked about how everyone in the industry talks about lenses, but let's talk about now Canon and how Canon also looks at some of these issues. Now, to understand lenses, we must first talk about sensor size. So your 35 millimeter film back in the day was 36 by 24 millimeters. And that's the standard on which your your digital camera sensor is based. So when it uses the full 36 millimeters by 24 millimeters, we call that a full frame camera. Now, there are some that use a smaller area, 22.3 by 14.9. It's just a smaller sensor. And we call those crop sensors or APS-C size sensors. Now, this is important, not so much for the sensor size conversation, which we can get into at another time, but because it affects which lenses you buy and which lenses fit on which cameras. The worst thing you want to do is buy a camera body and get a lens that won't fit because it's the wrong mount. It's the wrong camera to fit on that mount. And and it won't go on there. And if you try to force it, you could really ruin everything. Because if if the, if it's not going on properly, that's a sign to you that you should stop. So the first thing you ought to know is whether your camera is full frame, like the Canon 6D Mark II or the 6D, the, the Canon 5D Mark IV or the 1DX Mark II. These are full frame cameras or the APS-C, which is more like your 7D Mark II, your EOS 80D or 77D, and of course, all of the Rebel cameras, your T6i, your T6S, your T6, T7i, T7, 
those cameras, those are all APS-C sized cameras, all right? Those are crop sensor cameras. And then the 60 Mark II and above or your, are your full frame in the current lineup. So, and these are just your, your traditional DSLR cameras. Now, Canon has four different lens mounts for their interchangeable lens camera. So if you can actually take the lens off of your camera, there are four different mounts you should be considering. On your traditional DSLRs, remember I just went through these. These are your 5D Mark IV, your 6D Mark II, your 1DX Mark II. These are your full frames. Now, your APS-C on your traditional DSLRs are your 7D Mark IIs, your EOS 80D, your T7i, your T7, and, and, and the like. Now, on the mirrorless side, you've heard a lot about mirrorless lately if you've been following the industry at all. And so on the mirrorless side, Canon has two different mounts, also full frame and APS-C. The full frame is the EOS R. The, the, this is the new format and the new system they introduced last year. So the EOS R is of, and right now the EOS RP, those two are your full frame mirrorless cameras. And the APS-C mirrorless cameras that Canon has are the, 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 the M series cameras. So these are, the the M50 and the M5 and the M100 those are the M series and they have a sensor that's APS-C or crop sized inside of them so that EOS M50 has the same sensor size as your 80D or your 7D Mark II those are both crop sized now all four of these are different mounts okay so your DSLR full frame has a different mount and your APS-C on your DSLR has a different mount and your EOS R and then the M series. All four of these have different mounts. So you want to make sure you get the right lens for the right mount, right? So how do you do that? If you look at the mount of the body of your camera, so the part where you put the lens onto your camera, if you look at the mount of that camera, you will see a small designation. So on, let's start with your DSLR full frame cameras, your 5D Mark IV, your 6D Mark II. You'll see a small red dot, a circle, a small red circle at the top of, of that camera. That is your indication that it is full frame and it will tell you which kinds of lenses you can put on it. So, so when you look at a an EF lens, which is the one that goes on full frames, you will see that little red dot at the top of the barrel right where you line it up and and then turn it to click and put it in place. You'll see that red dot. So when you see that red dot and you can match it against the red dot on your body, then you know you've got the right camera. Now, on let's say the APS-C DSLR, you will see two two icons there. You will see the red dot and a small white square. The small white square tells you it's an EFS lens. 
Now, those are the lenses that go with the APS-C cameras, right? So if you see that small white square, you line up the small white square on the barrel of your EFS lens onto that camera, turn it and click, boom, it works. Now, you'll also see on those another small red dot because those cameras will also take full frame lenses. So if you get, again, your an EF lens, you can put it there by, because you'll see the red dot and you can line the red dot up against the red dot on that camera and boom, turn it, click, and it works. Now on the mirrorless side, you will see on the full frame, the EOS R, it will look like a luck almost a, a, a line like a vertical rounded edge line okay almost like a like, like the shape of a pill and you will see that at the top of the mount on the body and you guessed it you line it up with that similar um pill shaped red icon on the barrel of your lens and you know that fits put it in click turn right until it clicks you know that fits on the M series, the EFM lenses, you'll see a what the the white round circle icon. It's a little offset to the left. Now, when you see that, naturally you look for that same symbol on the lens, line it up, turn, click, and that works. So now you know how to tell which lens is compatible with a camera body you might own. If you don't see those two symbols line up on between that lens and that body, then you have one that should not work together. And you want, you don't want to force it on there because, you know, that leads to, to trouble. All right. Now, let's say you want to, you have, you've heard that with the EOS R, for instance, you can put other lenses on it. Well, that's right, because there are lens adapters that are sold separately. And once you put the adapter on, then you will see the, the correct icons. And so the mount adapters EF-EOS R, which is the mount adapters that will allow you to put any EF or EFS lens onto your EOS R camera. So if you've got, you have one of the new EOS R cameras, you can put either there and uh, once you put that mount adapter on. They have three different ones, one that's just no functionality at all, one that has a functionality of a control ring, and another that lets you put in a drop-in filter behind the lens. We'll talk about that in another episode. And then EFM lens adapter will also allow you to put another lens onto your EFM or M-series cameras. So that will allow you to put different lenses onto the camera than might natively fit. So you can buy adapters if you want, but also know that the adapters also have the same icons on, on the mounts so that you know that you're still putting the correct lens onto the adapters just like you would onto the camera body itself. Now, the other way that we, we talk about lenses are one's called fixed focal length and one's called a zoom. So a fixed focal length is a prime. So we talked about focal length being 
um, the field of view. And in some lenses, you can have that lens show a range. So it, with the zoom lens, you can start from one focal length and by turning the barrel or pulling the, or pulling, depending on how it works, you can have it change from, let's say, a wide angle to a telephoto. Now, some lenses don't allow that at all. It's a fixed focal length. We call it a prime. It's one focal length, one focal length only. And what we say you do is zoom with your feet. The fixed focal length or prime lenses are typically those that have a, a wider maximum aperture. So we would get those because we can go all the way down to 1.8 or 1.4 or 1.2 and get a really wide open um f-stops which gives you of course that that great shallow depth of field for things like portraits so these are two types of lenses also that you will um, be thinking about as you are looking at lenses now in your focal length types depending on the focal length we it's a we call them by different names. So if it's 10 to 15 millimeters, we call that ultra wide. Now, these are all based on what's called an approximate human vision. So, and that basically means what your eye sees. The approximation of what your eye sees is somewhere about 40 to 50 millimeters. So meaning if I'm looking through my camera and it's at it's a 50 millimeters, what I see through my viewfinder is just about what I would normally see. So now knowing that if you go down from that, it starts to get wider. And so at the lower, lower end, 10 to 50 millimeters, we call that ultra wide because that's a very wide field of view. And then narrowing it into 16 to 28, it's still called wide angle. And a wide angle, again, lets you see a wide field of view from left to right. And it also has the, the, the added um, effect of giving the effect of stretching the scene. So things that are closer to you will seem much closer and things that are farther away will seem much farther away in, in, in the distance with a wide angle lens. So if you're between 16 to 28 millimeters, that's called wide angle. Your standard zooms will be somewhere between 28 to 40. And, and, and remember 40 to 50 is about where you're, where your your approximate human vision is. Now, once we go above that, we start to get into telephoto range because now we're narrowing the field of view and we're bringing the subject in closer to us. So 40 to 60 millimeters, we have a shorter telephoto. And then the 60 to 135 millimeters, it's more of a medium telephoto range. And then 135 to 300 millimeters, we call that more of a long telephoto range. That's really, you know, at the end edge of what you would typically see for travel and sports and, and walk around cameras so that you can see things far away and then bring them in close to you. So that you, that's your long telephoto range. And then above 300, we call that super telephoto. That's when we are usually using that for something like birding or sports or action or some very niche application because those are very expensive. So those are your lens types. You have a macro lens, which will allow you to get very close to your subject and reproduce it. And most of them on a one-to-one -one ratio. There's a minimum focusing distance that your lens has, meaning 
anything shorter than that, then it won't focus. And But with a macro lens, you can get much closer to it and then reproduce it almost at full size on the sensor. So it's great for if you want to get close up to things like bugs or still life or or flowers or things like that. And then there are things called lens extenders, which will allow you to take your lens and and magnify it. So with a 1.4 extender, you can magnify the focal length of that lens. So if you have a 200 millimeter lens and you have a 2x extender, you basically have the effect of a 400 millimeter lens. So that's another lens type you can get. That's a lot, right? So I, I'm going to, again, encourage you to download both the slides and the video so you can see some of this in action. Now, let's get to lens designations. If you are shooting with Canon lenses, you'll notice that some of them have this red ring around the barrel. And those are designated for L-series. And, you know, this is the top of the line for Canon lenses. And it's the top of the line, both in image quality and construction. So this will get you the best, the, the, the best quality image. And they're usually weather sealed. And they usually have a constant aperture so that it's a, even when you zoom, you can keep a wide f2.8 or some other very wide maximum aperture. So this gives you the best in performance and the best in durability, in durability. And you have the added benefit of that red circle that tells everyone standing around you that you have an expensive lens. So these are the L series lenses. And then without it, these are the more budget friendly lenses and they might not have the, the weather ceiling and they won't have the constant aperture and uh, other, you know, other um, budget friendly concessions. So, but if you want the top of the line, you're going to be looking for the L series lenses. Now, another um, set of, when I say these lens designations, I'm really talking about the, the letters you see on the lens because they all stand for something. The IS, if you see that on the lens, it stands for image stabilizer. And this means that it has a, it has the ability to correct for camera shake. So when you depress the shutter and you take an image, you know the camera moves ever so slightly. And sometimes if the shutter speed is slow enough, that blur can show up and make it look like your your image is out of focus. But with IS turned on, then it will correct for that so that even though the camera moves slightly, it corrects and still gets you a sharp image. You might see USM on some lenses. That stands for ultrasonic motor. And that's a fast, silent, precise autofocus feature. STM is stepping motor, and it's a silent autofocus using focus by wire. And it's usually used by people who are shooting video. So those are some of the designations you might see and you might want to pay attention to. So you've got all that now, and you have a good understanding of all of the decisions that can go into a lens and deciding which is the correct lens. And so now I've made you even more confused about which lens you want to buy next, or better yet, when do you upgrade? Like, when do you know it's time 
to buy a new lens. Now, Canon is going to release a new lens at least twice a year. And they're going to want you to think that you should be buying new lenses at least twice a year. But you don't really need that. And so you know it's time to upgrade because you've met one of two specific situations. One, you want to upgrade to overcome a specific photography challenge that your lens now limits you from being able to accomplish. And two, you upgrade because you want to be better at a specific genre of photography. All right? So let's go into them. The first reason was you want to overcome a specific photography challenge. You want to upgrade so you can overcome a specific photography challenge. What does that mean? Well, remember your your kit lens, one of the one of the limitations is you can't get very close. You have to get close to your subject because it's a short zoom. So that could be one of them. Let's say you are out and you are in the wild and there are animals that you want to photograph and they're far away, but you don't really want to get close to them. You want to be able to stay where you are and still fill the frame. That's a specific limitation that if you can't accomplish that, you know it's time to upgrade to a new lens. And now, based on that, you know which lens you're looking for because you know what limitation you're trying to fix. Let's say you thinking about the whole getting close scenario, you decide that you need to do some some macro work. You are you have these small items that you want to sell on eBay and you want to get in close and fill the frame with them and take images of them, well then, you know you need a macro lens to do that. And because if you don't, you're going to be so far away, you won't be able to, you still won't be able to fill the frame. So that's a specific limitation that you now bumped into and you're saying to yourself, oh my goodness, I can't get the shot I need to with this lens anymore. I need to upgrade. And that's when you know you need to upgrade. And now you know what you need to, what lens you need to upgrade to because you know what will fix the problem. There's a problem that needs to be fixed. And that's your first clue that it's time to upgrade. Again, you're in low light and you are photographing sports, for instance. You're in, you know, you're photographing your high school kid and they are wrestling or playing basketball. And so now you know that you need a lens with an, with a very wide maximum aperture so you can let lots of light in and still get a fast shutter speed. And now you know that I can't get that from this lens. Now you go, it's time to upgrade, and you know what you need to upgrade to. When you are trying to overcome a specific photography challenge, that's your first clue that it's time to upgrade. And then the other time you know it's time to upgrade is when you want to work on a specific genre of photography. So if you are now going to get into sports photography, you know that you probably need something that will give you a telephoto range and a maximum aperture because you need to be able to to pull the action in close to you from where it is far out on the field and you need a wide aperture so you can separate it from the background. If you're going to do portraits, you know that you need a similar kind of effect. You need to be able to separate the subject from the background so you need a wide maximum aperture. 
So if you're going to do birding, you know that you need a super telephoto because the birds are very far from you and they're moving quickly. So you need to be able to have a long telephoto lens that will zoom in and those as f- that these objects that are so far away and bring them in close to you. So specific genres will dictate what you need to do next in terms of of your lens choice. Now, if you remember when we talked about where you are on your photography success path and what you need to do next, one of the recommendations I made was when you become an enthusiast, one of the things you're doing is looking for what will I specialize in and uh, you know what will I be known for? So assuming that you're narrowing in on the answer to that question, then you'll know which lenses you need next, okay? So two very distinct times when you will think about upgrading to solve a problem or to now go into a specific genre of photography. Now, generally speaking, which lenses should you be thinking about? If you're just starting out from your 18 to 55 I'm going to recommend that you do that you you look for two different things. One is a medium level zoom and the other is a fast prime. I think with those two you cover enough if you are just taking pictures for instance of your family members, if you're walking around on travel, if you're doing, you know, most general scenarios, the widest variety of situations will be covered by those two options. So a medium zoom, I'm thinking like the Canon EFS 18 to 135 millimeter, and that's the f3.5 to 5.6 IS USM lens. So that's a great medium zoom to start with. So now you can bring things in that are further away without having to to, to change lenses. Um, a wider version of that is the 18 to 200 millimeter lens. I think that's a great um, all-in-one lens if you are traveling and you want to be able to address the widest um, variety of situations that 18 to 200. Remember, these are both EFS lenses, so they would only work on your APS-C cameras. We talked about this. This is your your ADDs and your Rebels and your 7D Mark II. So that's what these two lenses will work on. If you have a full frame camera or if you're thinking about upgrading to full frame at some time in the future and you want to future-proof yourself, then I would go with the the EF 24 to 105 millimeter, that's an F3.5 to 5.6 ISSTM lens. It's not the L version of the lens. This is um, still one of the, a medium, um, a budget-friendly version of it. And then, so so these are good because these will allow you to be able to walk around and shoot in the widest variety of situations and still catch just about anything that's going on. The one limitation they have is that they're not very fast, meaning the, the maximum aperture for most of them is 3.5 at the widest and 5.6 at when they're fully zoomed in at the most restricted end of the focal length. 
what I, w- what I would suggest you pair that with is at least one fast prime lens. And, th- and again, that's one where you zoom with your feet because there, there is no zoom on it. But if you ever find yourself, like, let's say, inside of a museum or a, a, a cathedral or somewhere where there's low light and you need to be able to open a wide uh, f-stop, you can move to one of those. And so the... The 50 EF 51.8 STM lens, they call that the plastic fantastic. That is, I think, you know, it's you know, 125 bucks. It's probably, you know, the best value lens you're going to find because it's, it doesn't cost anything and you get so much from it. It's almost an entry level portrait lens too, because it now opens up wide enough for you to now begin to get shallow depth of field. If you want to move up from that, there's a 1.4 version and uh, even a 1.2 version of the third. Uh, I'm sorry, of the 50 millimeter. And, and then a, a wider field of view is the 35 millimeter F2 IS USM lens. And then the, on the new um, mirrorless format, the RF 35 F18 is also macro. It's IS macro. STM lens. So that's cool too. Now, if you are thinking that you want to do more portraits, you might consider like the Canon EF 85 millimeter F 1.8. And uh, also there is a, an EF 100 millimeter, which is also a macro designation. So that's a great macro lens. So any one of those will do you fine. And of course, if you, you'll see all of these on my uh, and, and the downloadable slides as well as um, links so you can click through and see exactly what the lenses are um, if you go and download the full the full guide. Okay, so the advice here, though, in summary is look for a medium zoom and a fast prime if you're just getting started and just getting out of your kit lens. Now, if you're a, a pro or a serious enthusiast, you're probably now looking at the the L series lenses, and and what most people aspire to get is the the Trinity we call it, and that's the EF sixteen to thirty five f two eight L three USM lens. There's an EF twenty four to seventy f two point eight L two USM lens, and there's a Canon EF. 70 to 70 to 200 millimeter f28 lis3 usm lens so between these these three lenses you have the range of 16 millimeter to 200 millimeters covered and with a constant aperture and a fast lens so these are three lenses if you're thinking of going becoming a serious enthusiast or even going pro you want to have these in your kit now, you can also have one of the 24 to 105s. That's a good walk around, but it's it's an F4. And the F4 is not as fast, but it, they're still as sharp, and these are still great lenses to get. So there's a 24 to 105 F4, both on the EF and RF platforms. One other zoom I'm going to tell you about is the EF 100 to 400. This is great if you are doing any landscape work or wildlife, it's it's or even travel photography. It's a great lens that gives you the 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 option of now getting things that might be really far away and bringing them in close to you. 
As a matter of fact, one of my colleagues, when I was at Canon, used to use this to treat portraits because he said you could get a very different look from this 100 to 400 than most people who are shooting with the 70 to 200. So there's EF 100 to 400, F 45 to 5.6L, IS 2 USM lens. That's a great lens also if you are a pro or serious enthusiast. Now, these are the zooms. And now, if you are also thinking about fast primes, you know, there is, there you've got plenty of options. And this now gets into, you are thinking about, you know, what you are specializing in. And depending on that, then you'll decide which of the focal lengths you'll go for. But you have L-series lenses in 35, 50, 85, 100 um, uh, millimeter focal lengths. So you can get a good range of 1.4 to two eight versions of these um, uh, primes, and these are all worthy of your camera bag. And then, if you're in portrait into portraits, the one thirty five is really a great portrait lens. One EF one thirty five f two L USM lens, and uh, there's a one eighty, which is great for macro if you don't need to get too close to your subject. And of course, there is the serious serious Canon EF two hundred f two which is a beast if you're into portraits it's and you're really serious about it and making money, you might want to consider that one as well. So, so depending on what you are focusing on, you are going to want to look for the correct answer. So this goes back to my suggestion. It depends on what genre you're focusing on or what problem you're trying to solve which of these lenses you want to go for, all right? So there's your answer. Which lens should I buy next? The answer is it depends, and it depends on so many of those factors. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the EOS Photographer Podcast. This is episode 107, and remember, you can download the ultimate guide to Canon lenses at the show notes, episode 107 at eosphotographer.com. Now, if you like what we're doing here, please remember to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. You can do that on the website at eosphotographer.com forward slash subscribe or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And the other thing we'd ask for you to do is rate and review. If you love what we're doing, then then share that with the larger podcast community by going on to Apple and leaving us a, an honest rate and review if you love us. <laughs> All right. So I really appreciate you hanging around. Remember to go and download the comprehensive guide because there you will get the the slides so you can see all the recommendations. You can see you can see part of the discussion here and you can see the video version of this as well as links to take you to all of the actual products. All right. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. Until then, let's go create something amazing. Take care.